hi everyone. Welcome back again to Daily Gospel Exegesis. We're continuing in the Gospel of Matthew today, a really fascinating gospel, a very Jewish one. And we're looking at Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 to 23. So I'll start by reading the text and then we'll have a go at looking at what the text might mean on the literal level. Jesus instructed the twelve as follows. Remember, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be cunning as serpents and yet as harmless as doves. Beware of men. They will hand you over to Sanhedrins and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the pagans. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how to speak or what to say. What you are to say will be given to you when the time comes, because it is not you who will be speaking. The spirit of your father will be speaking in you. Brother will betray brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all men on account of my name, but the man who stands firm to the end will be saved. If they persecute you in one town, take refuge in the next. And if they persecute you in that, take refuge in another. I tell you solemnly, you will not have gone the round of the towns before the Son of Man comes. So Jesus says these words in the context of a long speech that he's giving his 12 apostles. So the audience is the 12 apostles, not all Christians and not even all disciples, actually. It's just his 12 apostles because he's about to send them out on a special mission. Now, part of this speech is he's giving them instructions about how they should go into the towns that they're about to go into around Israel. But he also gives them some warnings about difficulties they're going to face a little bit later down the road when Jesus is gone and they're continuing their preaching all around the world. So there's a bit of both mixed in here. So their immediate mission that they're about to go on and their future missions as well. And this continues what we've been looking at in the previous days. So the speech actually goes for about a chapter. Verse 16, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. So that's an image that they would have been familiar with because a lot of them Uh, would have kept sheep, it's an image of vulnerability and helplessness before fierce attackers. It's very hard to defend yourself against wolves if you're a sheep. So Jesus is saying the apostles are going to be surrounded by people who are hostile to the gospel and who may want to harm them because of the gospel message. So he's warning them. Here's the solution he gives them. So be cunning as serpents. That can be translated wise or shrewd as serpents. A serpent is a snake, and in that culture, snakes were considered to be like clever, crafty animals. In fact, you see that even in uh, the first couple of chapters of Genesis, it says the snake is the, the wiliest, the craftiest of all creatures. And that was sort of the Jewish way of viewing snakes. So Jesus tells them here that they need to be like snakes in that they need to think wisely and have their wits about them when they go into towns. They need to be shrewd. They're going to need to anticipate threats and find ways to survive, even amidst the persecution. But then he balances that by saying, you also need to be harmless as doves. A better translation of that might be innocent as doves, or maybe even simple, simple as doves. So Jesus includes this here because he doesn't want the apostles to get the impression that Jesus wants them to be like snakes in every respect. 
So he balances it with being doves as well. So in particular, he does not want the apostles to attack or retaliate against the enemies of the gospel, like a snake might. In other words, Jesus teaches that their shrewdness should never lead to advantage in a way that compromises the integrity of the ministry and the preaching of the kingdom of God. And that's, in fact, an extension about what he said on the Sermon on the Mount about don't repay evil with evil. It's the same sort of basic teaching. The basic meaning Greek of the Greek word here for simple as doves, it's perhaps the best translation, if we could come up with one, is unmixed. Be unmixed as doves. So the apostles should have pure motives, which is to promote the kingdom of God, not themselves. They should not take their own revenge. They should be single-minded in their dedication to preaching the kingdom of God. Now, in this next part, Jesus is going to give a prophecy of what it's going to be like for the disciples in the future once he's no longer with them. It's possible that this next part was said on a later occasion, maybe, and we can get that from Luke. A general rule of thumb when you're studying the Gospels is if you want the most chronological Gospel, you go to Luke. It appears that Luke tried to stay chronological, and whereas Matthew didn't. Matthew kind of takes parts from all over Jesus' chronological ministry and groups them together. Luke has this next bit in chapter 21, so right at the end of Jesus' ministry. So it's possible, well, I guess it's possible that Jesus said these words twice, but it could be that Matthew has taken words that Jesus actually said to the apostles later, and he's brought it into this speech here, which would make sense. Verse 17, Beware of men, they will hand you over to Sanhedrins and scourge you in their synagogues. Now, we know that that did happen in the book of Acts. So a lot of what we're about to hear happened in the book of Acts. So Jewish councils or Sanhedrins, their job was to maintain public order. Usually each town would have some sort of Jewish council. And if people were making, were causing a disturbance in their town, the Jewish council could impose punishments. The Jewish leaders, if you look at the book of Acts, they were not impressed when the apostles went around preaching in the name of Jesus. And so many of the apostles were punished by the Jewish councils as a result. So Jesus first here says, Sanhedrins, the Jew, the Jewish leaders will punish you. And now verse 18, he says, you'll be dragged before governors and kings for my sake. So a bit later in the book of Acts, they, the apostles begin to be persecuted by the Romans as well. And Jesus goes on to say that all of that has to happen to the apostles as part of their preaching, in order to bear witness before them and the pagans. And pagans is just another word for Gentiles. So Jesus says, all of this is going to happen, but you must do it. You must be brought before their councils and kings in order to preach the kingdom of God, even to the Gentiles. And that would be very surprising for the apostles to hear, because they probably thought the kingdom of God was mostly going to be for the Jews. But here, Jesus says, one day you're going to end up before pagan rulers as well. Verse 19, when they hand you over, do not worry about how to speak or what to say. What you are to say will be given to you when the time comes. Now, this is a verse that's often misquoted and mishandled. This is not advice for all Christians. Jesus is not teaching for all Christians when they're in a difficult situation, don't prepare words or don't prepare your sermon or something, uh, because the Holy Spirit will give you the words. No, this is not a command for all Christians. It's for the 12 apostles. 
in the coming years, and particularly the apostolic age, which had a unique set of circumstances when the Holy Spirit was doing some unique things, Jesus says that for those 12 apostles, they will have the special guidance of the Holy Spirit in those situations. And you see that when you look at the book of Acts, they do these grand majestic speeches um, when they're brought before the leaders. Verse 20, the spirit of your father will be speaking in you. So this is a promise to the apostles. He's giving them hope and comfort amidst all the bad news he's just given them. He says, but the Holy Spirit will help you. So it's um, something that they can look forward to. This is one of the few mentions of the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of Matthew, but it's a real prophecy. Jesus says the Spirit is coming. And we know that in this time of covenantal transition, so in the book of Acts, basically, the Holy Spirit was very active and gave the apostles words to say, which amazed the rulers. Notice the degree of suffering that Jesus warns his apostles that they're going to experience. He's really quite um, specific about telling the apostles what's going to happen to them. But also he balances that with telling them the degree of glory that they're going to have and the influence they're going to have in spreading the kingdom of God. Jesus places a lot of emphasis on the ministry of the apostles. We often miss that because we sometimes group ourselves as though Jesus is uh, talking to all Christians in some of these speeches. A lot of the gospels, he's talking to the 12 apostles and the instructions he gives are for the apostolic age only. That might make us a bit uncomfortable, but that does appear to be the case, that a lot of what Jesus says, at least, is directed at the apostles for their particular ministry early on. But certainly not everything Jesus says fits under that category. For example, the Sermon on the Mount is probably directed at all Christians. Verse 21, brother will betray brother to death. Now, it gets even more serious. So Jesus here says that after he's gone... Well, rather, let's look at it this way. We know that after Jesus was gone, some members of a family would become Christians, but others wouldn't. They would stay as Jews. And as a result, the Christians were often persecuted by family members, and the family members would hand over uh, the Christian family member to the authorities. Sounds brutal, but that's really what happened, because they considered becoming a Christian as treason against God. And Jesus says... Brother will betray brother to death. So he's prophesying that some of his apostles would be killed for their faith. And history tells us, we can't be certain, but it appears that many of the apostles were martyred for their faith. And certainly many other disciples were as well, often because they were handed over by their family members. Verse 22, you'll be hated by all men on account of my name. So that's a summary statement of everything Jesus has just said. He said, the Jews are going to hate you, the Romans are going to hate you, even your own families are going to hate you. But the man who stands firm will be saved. Again, this is for the apostles. So Jesus says to the apostles that if they keep the faith and they do not deny Jesus in the apostolic age, despite persecution, they will receive eternal life. Towards the end of this speech, Jesus is going to revisit this theme of eternal life. He's going to say, He who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father. But he who denies me before others, I will deny before my Father. So the teaching of Jesus here is that the apostles need to maintain the faith and not give up on it. No matter, even if they're at the point of death, they have to keep the faith. That's how they'll inherit eternal life. So it's a big responsibility on the apostles. 
Verse 23, if they persecute you in one town, take refuge in the next, and if they persecute you in that, take refuge in another. So this would apply to their immediate mission and also for their future missions in the book of Acts. It's Jesus' words of wisdom. If one town is hostile, go to the next town. He then says these enigmatic words, which have confused a lot of people. I tell you solemnly, you will not have gone round of the towns before the Son of Man comes. Or another way of translating that is, you will not have gone to all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now, firstly, what's the background for this? The Son of Man was a term that was used in the Old Testament, particularly in the book of Daniel. The verse that Jesus probably has in mind here, and the apostles would have recognized this, is Daniel 7.13, which says, One like the Son of Man is coming on the clouds of heaven. And in that Daniel prophecy, it depicts the Messiah as coming on the clouds of heaven, and the Messiah is called the Son of Man. So Jesus here refers to that passage in Daniel and says, You will not have gone to all the towns of Israel before you see the Messiah coming on the clouds of heaven. But that's confusing because we often think about Jesus having not returned yet at all. Jesus' second coming has not happened yet. So did Jesus return before the apostles had gone to all the towns of Israel? The answer is yes, as long as we understand what Jesus means here by the coming of the Son of Man. When Jesus refers to it in this case, he's talking about what scholars often call his middle coming. So Jesus did come back in 70 AD. Now, often you won't hear this talked about, but uh, scholars who studied these prophecies generally agree that that's what he's talking about, his middle coming in 70 AD. And in 70 AD, that's when the temple was destroyed. And from a theological perspective, that's when Jesus judged his enemies. He executed judgment on Israel and he ushered in the church age. At that point, uh, the old covenant was done with, essentially, and the new covenant came in. 70 AD was a really important year. And this theme of 70 AD gets revisited a lot in the Gospels. Often uh, when Jesus is doing prophecies of what appears to be the end of the world, you know, the sun will darken and the stars will fall from heaven. Those famous passages where Jesus is prophesying things, he's probably referring to 70 AD. That was a cataclysmic event. Jesus' middle coming when he returned to the earth, in a sense, to judge his enemies. And although that might sound a bit strange, that does appear to be what the text is saying. And it's something we talk about in this podcast a bit when those prophecies of Jesus come up. And we'll look at it more when we get to the end of the Gospel of Matthew, because Jesus does a very extended prophecy about what things are going to look like in 70 AD. So in context, well, we know that the apostles, in fact, did not get to all the towns of Israel before 70 AD. So this prophecy did come to pass. It's a promise to the apostles that even though they'll be persecuted during their ministry, Jesus will return and vindicate them. He's giving them comfort. He's saying that I will return, or rather the Messiah will return, and you will be vindicated uh, before you get to all the towns of Israel. So no matter how hard it seems, no matter how much persecution you face, take comfort because the day of judgment is coming. Now, the speech of Jesus is going to continue in the next few verses in the coming days. Let's look at a few quick uh, paragraphs of the Catechism. Paragraph 764. What does the church tell us about how to interpret this passage and what does it mean for our faith? This paragraph is about the church. It says, 
The kingdom of God shines out before men in the word, in the works, and in the presence of Christ. To welcome Jesus' word is to welcome the kingdom itself. And we hear that echoed in this passage because Jesus basically says the way that towns respond to the message of the kingdom is a response to Jesus himself. Paragraph 728, this is an interesting reference. Jesus alludes to the Spirit in speaking to Nicodemus, to the Samaritan woman, and to those who take part in the Feast of Tabernacles. To his disciples, he speaks openly of the Spirit in connection with prayer and with the witness they will have to bear. Paragraph 161, in The Necessity of Faith, now it gets quite serious. Believing in Jesus Christ and in the one who sent him for our salvation is necessary for obtaining that salvation. Since without faith it is impossible to please God and to attain to the fellowship of his sons, therefore without faith no one has ever attained justification, nor will anyone obtain eternal life, but he who endures to the end. Now in context of that phrase, he who endures to the end, that is about the apostles needing to endure persecution and not give up the faith. But the Catholic Church says that applies to all believers as well. If we want to achieve salvation, we cannot give up on the faith. We must endure to the end of our life. Paragraph 1821, this is about hope. We can therefore hope in the glory of heaven promised by God to those who love him and do his will. In every circumstance, each one of us should hope with the grace of God to persevere to the end and to obtain the joy of heaven as God's eternal reward for the good works accomplished with the grace of Christ. So we'll finish it there for today. I hope you learned something new. You always do tend to learn something new when you dive into the text of Matthew's gospel because it's so rich. So I want to just remind you of the... Um, awesome bonuses that are available to you if you become a Patreon supporter. So if you become a supporter who pledges $10 a month or more, you get access to bonus gospel exegesis episodes that are not available through this main podcast because there's some passages in the gospels that you'll never hear uh, at mass. They just didn't make it into the lectionary. So there's some parts of Matthew, parts of Mark, parts of Luke, parts of John which if you want to hear a proper exegesis of, like you do every day on the podcast, that is available to you as a Patreon supporter if you pledge $10 a month or more. And there's quite a few people who've taken advantage of that and they're really enjoying those bonus episodes. So please have a think about um, becoming a supporter. And if you pledge more than that, if you pledge 20 or more, which would be Um, incredibly useful for this ministry, you can get access to the audio recordings of a systematic catechesis of moving through the catechism, which is something that I do personally with my local parish. There's more information about that in the show notes. For now, thank you for listening today and hopefully we'll see you again tomorrow. 